You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 229 of Podcateers. This week we have a timey-wimey episode, which I'm certain that only a handful of you got that reference, but that's okay. Due to our schedules, we had to record on two different nights, so Gavin, Melissa, and I talk about a little lost birdie that's apparently coming to the tropical hideaway, one of the latest roller coaster patents by the Disney company, Walt Disney World working on decreasing their carbon footprint by expanding their solar panel farms, and the reason Disney animators had to go back and reanimate a portion of a film that was weeks from being released. Then, AJ, VJ, and I give our thoughts on Mickey's 90th Spectacular. More info on things that we talk about in this episode can be found over at podcateers.com slash 229. You can also join the conversation by leaving a comment on the blog post for this episode or on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. If you want to connect with any of us, our personal links can be found over at podcateers.com slash team. A huge thank you to everyone who helped us raise money to help find a cure for women's cancers. We raised $687 out of our goal of $1,000. If you were thinking of donating, you can still help us try to reach that goal. Head on over to TeamBoatWilly.com for links to our donation pages. Super easy to remember the link. It's like Steamboat Willy, but without the S. Again, to everyone that helps us out, uh, Bill, Albert, Phil, Eddie, uh, Ryan, Alex, Jennifer, uh, anyone who purchased one of Gavin's Inktober drawings, uh, everyone who bid on our auctions, thank you. Your support means the world to us, but more importantly, it positively changes the world of someone suffering from cancer. Uh, I can't start the episode without sending a quick shout out to our podcast, Fairy Godparents, because it's their monthly support via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible. If you would like to become a member of the FGP squad, or you just want a little bit more information, head on over to podcasters.com FGP. Okay, let's go, or should I say, Alonzi, this is episode 229 of Podcateers. Good morning, Anaheim, and surrounding cities and states and countries. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's my fake radio voice after having sufficient coffee to kick off the morning. <laughs> Fantastic. This is a morning show this week. We don't usually do this. No, this is super early, guys. <laughs> it's almost 11, dude. I know. It's morning. Super early. <laughs> it's, a, it's early morning for me. <laughs> don't you understand that for some people, 11 only comes around once a day? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, it actually hasn't. It, it comes multiple times for me, both times, as a matter of fact, uh, especially Ooh. today, because I have been editing videos for work since about 630 this morning. Dang, dude. Yeah. So right before we hopped on to record this episode, uh, I've been editing and it's always fun because we get to play with different things uh, like Muppets and just when we, you know, when we make these videos and 
I think I talked about it in a previous episode, but we had a, a beaker puppet or mm-hmm. Muppet that we were using in, in the what we called the Big Gift Connection video. Mm-hmm. And so Beaker is, is making his return to the medium screen because we're, we're planning <laughs> out a projector at our next meeting. So not quite the big screen, not quite the small screen, just the medium screen. But it's fun. I love making these videos. And I, I love that everyone at work gets a kick out of being an actor for the day. <laughs> so totally. Super cool. And I've seen some of these videos, and you guys you guys put a lot into it. So I know the hard work that goes in, and and uh, you do a good job with them. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. So how was your Halloween, guys? It was okay. I slept. <laughs> a lot <laughs> i was really tired i was really tired because the previous days up, though didn't huh? you didn't you dress up i did i was wednesday adams on did you go trick-or-treating no but i showed it oh. off at work so i was okay. able to have some fun some reactions all right <laughs> what about you yeah, i had to work on halloween night at uh, ye old trader joe's and uh, it was actually fun a lot of people dressed up um I don't have a costume, so I went in, I dressed in head-to-toe black and orange nice. to represent the spirit of Halloween, I guess, the, the colors pumpkin. of Halloween. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Uh, That's a trick question. The Great Pumpkin doesn't exist. Ha-ha-ha. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> True. Uh, but we had a fun time at work. It was a really slow night, uh, you know, because most people are doing Halloween things. But the shopping center where we work did trick-or-treating for kids. Oh, cool. So every store in the shopping center was open for trick-or-treating. So it was really awesome because I got to see hundreds of kids come through in their costumes trick-or-treating. Oh, that's super and cool. And it was super adorable and totally entertaining. So, yeah, that was my Halloween. That is awesome. It was good. I don't know when I technically stopped getting super psyched about Halloween because – for a long time, Lynette and I used to dress up a lot, right? We we would we would go out for Halloween. Um, it's really close to her birthday, so we would have parties, you know, that were themed and stuff. And just over time, I just kind of thought, ah, it's just too much work. I don't want to do it. <laughs> and for the last few years, I haven't had the energy, I would say, to do anything. And that's probably what it is. I've just been too tired to really put any effort into it because for a long time, we didn't buy costumes. We made our costumes. Mm-hmm. So there there was a lot that went into it. And so this year uh, at work, you know, we've, we've been big on Pokemon Go for a while. And some people at work decided that they wanted to have like a Pokemon themed group thing. And my boss bought a huge Pikachu outfit. <laughs> Like, literally, like, full-blown, like, could be walking around a theme park Pikachu costume. Nice. And, like, he basically won that day, okay? (laughs) It was super cool, but also super hot because he had it on for one minute, and they took the head off, and he was drenched in sweat. It was horrible. I felt so bad for him. But... Uh, it was really cool. One of our other co-workers dressed as Ash, the you know, oh, Pikachu's cool. owner, basically. And because I didn't have time to really build a costume, I thought, you know what? I'm going to make my own Pokeball. I'm going to be a Pokeball. 
And I thought, I'm good. Remember last week I was telling you I'm going to sandwich myself mm-hmm. and I was yeah. going to get foam core. Like I was teasing it because I was going to get two pieces of foam core, paint the top, like cut out four pieces to assemble the Pokeball, paint two pieces red, leave the two white, and then just create the black strip for the middle, right? And that fell through because I just didn't have time to go by the foam core board and cut it and all that stuff. And I thought, man, they need me to dress up because at work I'm part of a committee that puts on events for for our department. And I thought, man, I got to dress up. I got to find something. I got to do something for this. And so I went into ye old trusty chest o costumes. And I, all I could think <laughs> to myself was, none of this is going to fit. <laughs> I started going through all of the bags and all of the stuff that we had. And sure enough, I found just enough to piecemeal together a horrible pirate costume. (laughs) And so it wouldn't be Disney of me if I didn't take on the persona of Captain Jack Sparrow. Nice. So because we... Wait, 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 wait. Did you do eyeliner? Eyeliner. No. It's called oh. eyeliner. I, I didn't. Uh, but uh, again, I didn't even know if this was going to work because so I had a fallback costume. Remember last year when we took the kids to Mickey's Halloween party? I told you I didn't have a costume. Mm-hmm. So I used my mm-hmm. Stark Industries hat and I created like an intern badge for Stark Industries. And I was like an intern for Mr. Stark. So right. that didn't go over very well with many people because they thought that's ridiculous (laughs) you can't just put a piece of paper with your face on it and call it a costume i beg to differ but whatever so this year i thought okay i still have the badge i still have my hat obviously i could just reprise my role and the kids have a plastic iron man like mask from one of their costumes and i thought this is great i'll pretend i'll take a soldering iron and i'll take the mask and i'll wear the badge in my hat and boom instant intern again so that was my fallback costume but i really wanted to make this pirate thing work and when it did it was all pirate from the waist up but business casual from the waist down (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing but it was great so in all the pictures you had to be like standing behind a desk no i mean you know i didn't ask people for pictures i'm pretty sure some people did i'll ask around at work if anybody did and if uh, there's any around, I'll post them into the Instagram story. But for sure, I want to post my boss's Pikachu thing because yeah. I'm telling you, it was awesome. I nice. I could not believe. Here, I'll show you guys a picture of it right now because I, I made a GIF out of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was sharing it with the rest of our of our crew. Can you guys see that? That's awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I mean, he took up most of the hallway walking around. Wow. That's hilarious. Uh, so yeah, when I when I finally made the pirate thing work, I pretty much did my best not to break character the entire time. Cool. So I would say mm-hmm. for a good three hours, I was walking around talking like this, asking people to take a vote, grab some chili, sit down and enjoy Halloween. <laughs> and so we had these little pieces of paper that had like a ghost and it said one vote because we had a chili contest. <laughs> And uh, I, I was laughing to myself because some people would accidentally take more than one vote. And I would joke around about it saying, there's America. You can vote more than once. It's OK. And so some people <laughs> took it as a joke and some people didn't take it as a joke. It was totally a joke, guys. You cannot do that. 
But uh, in the spirit of my pirate costume, it was just one of those things that I imagine Captain Jack would say, and that's why I right. said Right. Yeah. Perfect. Other than that, I mean, in the evening, we took the kids out trick-or-treating after they got out of school, and sadly slash surprisingly, we did like a figure eight around the neighborhood we were trick-or-treating, and like three or four houses were giving out candy. Yeah. It's one thing that culturally has completely shifted in our country. It's like, you know, it's not really a thing anymore. You know, you go to malls or churches where they have like an organized event Mm -hmm. and it's, you know, quote unquote safe. And that's what it is today. It has nothing. It has no resemblance to what we grew up with, you know, as kids trick-or-treating and, you know, I mean, they obviously don't know what they're missing, so it's not really that hard on kids, but it's hard as adults to think, oh, man, we used to have a whole night of it, man. Mm -hmm. We were, like, free to roam the neighborhood. We would go house to house to house as long as we could stay out and just come home with bags and bags of candy. There were people out, like, scaring people. Lots of people did, like, spook alleys in their front yards. And, I mean, it was a whole thing. And if... And if you wanted to do a spook alley, you could entertain people for the entire night yeah. because there would be a constant stream of people coming through. And, yeah, it's it's weird. Like, it's a thing that was so prevalent and that at a certain point, everything flipped and now it basically doesn't happen. We've lived in four different places, Charlie and I, in the last four or five years, give or take, Nowhere that we've lived in that time have we had a single trick-or-treater come to our door. Really? Yeah. So it's like, it's so weird. It's just not a thing anymore. I mean, I think there's pockets of it, right? There must be in certain residential areas where there there are are a lot of kids. I know there are because here, I mean, we go trick-or-treating in a different area with, with our family. But driving back home that evening, there was a bunch of groups of kids and adults walking around in costumes collecting candy and you can Mm -hmm. see the houses that are giving out the candy right because they have lights on or they have decorations Mm -hmm. in their front yard something that helps them show that yes there is activity here come get your free sugar there are some areas where nothing is on just nobody's walking around and that was the case for where we went yeah and then four to five blocks away from where we were There's a couple of gated communities that we found out about the next day where almost every single house was passing out candy. It Mm -hmm. describes more of what you were talking about. Like when we were kids, it's something that we would see all the time. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's just totally different. Like now I I don't feel safe having my kid run into the front yard without me. Right. And that was not the case. I could play in my front yard all I wanted before and I would be safe. I could ride my bike around on the street and... It was mm-hmm. fine. It's, yeah. it's a totally different world that we live in. Thankfully, that's why we have things like Mickey's Halloween Party. Because Yeah, that's true. I mean, when we went, we got the trick-or-treating fix. And coming out of there with two backpacks full of candy, you technically don't need to trick-or-treat. Like, honestly, this year, we did not need to go out trick-or-treating. It was more of the tradition that we were trying to uphold to walk around and ask people for free sugar mm-hmm. otherwise we have candy that i i started giving away the candy okay we had so much 
The kids don't know this, and they might be hearing me right now because I think they're in the living room. But I, I don't want them to know that I've given away a bunch of it. But we've also uh, eaten our fair share. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel like they've probably gotten enough anyway. Oh, they have. They have. Yeah. My coworkers have been super happy of all the extra candy that's all of a sudden showed up at our communal table. Nice. So it's good stuff. All right, well, before we officially kick off the podcast, which I guess officially it's kicked off, right? We've been talking for 10 or 15 (laughs) minutes now. Uh, I just want to send a huge thank you to all of our Walk for Hope supporters. Uh, As you know, we've been trying to raise money in support of finding a cure for women's cancer because cancer sucks. We don't want it around anymore. And uh, we're going to be walking in City of Hope's Walk for Hope event tomorrow, November 4th, 2018. And as we are recording this episode, we have raised $667 towards our $1,000 goal. And I just want to say thank you to all of you because you guys, I don't know if if i can explain what a difference that type of money makes you know the money goes towards research it goes towards helping people find a place to to live for a while while family members are going through treatment if they're coming from out of state or out of the country uh it it provides help for the families and the children of parents that are going through things like this and so Every dollar counts. So we truly appreciate all of your support. Our links are still going to be available for a couple of weeks after the walk. So if you're listening to this, uh, which we know you're going to be listening to this after the walk because this episode launches four days after, uh, our links are still going to be available. So head on over to TeamBoatWilly.com. Super easy to remember. Steamboat Willie, but without the S. Toot, toot. (laughs) Drop a donation in any one of our uh, donation buckets. You'll see the links down at the bottom of the page. You can donate to the team as a whole. If you don't want to pick me as your favorite, let's make a difference. Let's continue. Heck yes. Right on. I'm so excited for the walk tomorrow. It's going to be a fun time. Mm -hmm. Dude, I'm excited to see Mickey and Minnie on stage tomorrow in their tracksuits. I've seen them before at Chalk Walk, (laughs) but it's a huge thing for City of Hope to have them there. I, yeah. I didn't realize how much Disney did for the children's ward uh, in the cancer center. And it wasn't until I started talking to some of the people that organized the walk. One of the fundraisers that knows Bob Chapek uh, personally, they were explaining to me all of the stuff that they donate and that they do on the side. And a lot of the stuff that goes uncredited, too. You know, it's one thing for a company to donate you know time or characters or you know supplies and then they get credit because it's a cool pr thing right but it's another thing for them to go uncredited for a bunch of stuff that they do because at that point you know they're doing it because they're just good people yeah right and i think that's what really uh, helped motivate me to do a little bit more sure sure gonna be super cool totally Melissa, uh, this is your first Walk for Hope, right? Yes. Are you super excited about it, too? I am, and I'm actually going to bring tissues because this is going to mean a lot to me because I recently just lost a friend in February to breast cancer. Aww. So when I knew that we were going to do this, I this is why I'm stoked and so excited just to do it for her and for everybody else who's been affected. I have a feeling I'm going to be crying because, you know, me, I cry (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) 
Well, I don't cry everywhere. And I will tell you, it is tough. Several episodes ago, I talked about the Survivor Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. It, it is just one of the most emotional things you will ever encounter. Because when you see uh, people walking in there and they're, they're, they're wearing a Survivor sash so that you know that they've beat you know cancer and you walk in there and they're just hugging each other and mm-hmm. just, it, it i'm telling you it's one of the most emotional things i've ever experienced in my life but it's gonna be fun i know it's gonna be fun <laughs> i've been there before plus one of the advantages of our walk versus like chalk walk or some of these other ones is we get breakfast nice Heck yeah <laughs> i mean it's pretty cool that uh as part of the team we're able to sit down and get a full breakfast it starts at eight but it's not as big of a walk as Chalk Walk, right? It's a much smaller walk. They still anticipate about 10,000 people, but it's nothing compared wow. to the tens of thousands that we get for Chalk Walk. Right. Mm-hmm. Still a lot, but uh, because I, I work there and because you're a part of Team Boat Willie, you get breakfast, which is super cool. <laughs> so that next year, cool. if you guys want to be a part of Team Boat Willie, you get free breakfast along with it. So... If you do it for nothing else, do it for the bacon. Do it for the great bacon. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So let's jump into some park stuff, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. Sure. The Enchanted Tiki Room. Yeah. Yes. We're always welcome to a tropical hideaway because we're lucky people. All of you. We are. <laughs> and I uh. there's there's always been a line in the the spiel that's going on for the tiki room where as you're paying attention pierre is introducing all of the ladies that are about to sing and then uh jose jumps in and asks oh you know i wonder what happened to rosita and so nobody's ever answered the question (laughs) of where is rosita what happened to her where did she fly (laughs) off to until this week Yes. We finally got an answer. Melissa, tell us about where we're going to finally find Rosita. She's no longer AWOL. Yay. (laughs) 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 We will be able to see her and meet her at the Tropical Hideaway that's going to be opening up in Adventureland, which is so exciting because, one, not only are we excited for this new experience, but the food and then they put the cherry on top by bringing Rosita out. So this is awesome. We finally get that question answered about how many decades later? Yeah, uh, it's so exciting because, you know, they, they talk about how she's going to be there. Like, you know, you're going to be able to pretty much get up close and personal with her. And she's going to have, you know, jokes and banter. And, you know, it's kind of she's kind of the bridge between the the showmanship of the enchanted tiki room and the puntacular spiels of the skippers on the jungle cruise right uh-huh. and i'm just excited to see what kind of a personality she'll have and you know listen to all the jokes i know a lot of people are probably going to hang around and try and you know hear all the variations of what she says i can't wait to go check it out and i'm actually more excited about her than i am the food and i'm really excited about the food <laughs> yeah I don't know. I, I kind of 50-50, man. It's food. <laughs> and a lot of it looks so delicious. That well, I'm to me, it's like, you both. know, it's new Imagineering magic. So that, that gets me more excited than than new foods, even yeah. though we do get to eat bao. 
That's very true. Uh, as long as he doesn't have a little face, I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> that would be a good way to troll uh, part guests, though, to put little faces on the bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that when you pick it up, okay, I'm, I've gone too far. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about this technology because, like you said, we don't exactly know how the interactions are going to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. But with the proximity of the Jungle Cruise, it makes me wonder if Rosita and the skippers are going to go back and forth Ooh. because that would be a super cool experience oh. if they're like, hey, check it out. Rosita's now part of the tropical hideaway. And Rosita turns around somehow and says, oh, look, the skippers, they always think they're funny. And then she breaks out her own pun or something. <laughs> that right? would be awesome. Talk about next level interaction. I can totally see that. So like she's bouncing back and forth between bantering with the skippers and then bantering with the people in the restaurant. That would be amazing. When you think of what they can do with Crush, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. and the technology behind that show, I don't think I would want to see something like that. I think there's uh, a nostalgic factor and a charm to the way that the Tiki Room is set up because all the... Uh, what what was originally called mock audios, mock calls, mock audios for the audio <laughs> animatronics. Get it? That was in the original script for the Tiki Room, by the way. I, I didn't come up with that myself. <laughs> I think there's a certain charm to seeing the animatronic birds there. And mm-hmm. if it's a type of interaction like the one that was intended to be around for Club 33, you know how in the main dining room they had like the birds that were yeah. supposed to be talking to people yeah. and stuff? If it's that type of interaction, I think there's a little bit more charm to seeing something tangible not on the screen. You know, a physical item that's not just virtual. I agree with that. I can't wait till more is revealed. I don't think they've announced a a date yet for the uh, Tropical Hideaway, but they did say it was this year, right? So we know that we're within 60 days of being able to experience this. Ooh, I'll eat bow for Christmas at the tropical hideaway. I'll eat bow for Christmas. I don't know how to finish that. Wow. That's all I got. You probably shouldn't finish that one. That's that's why I'm not a freestyle rapper. (laughs) I can never survive on eight mile. Most of you got that uh, reference. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of park stuff, Disney has filed another one of their patents. Obviously, this isn't something new. Uh, they file patents for different types of technology all of the time. Sometimes they make it into the park. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes Walt Disney World gets them. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes Shanghai gets it. Sometimes we don't. <laughs> I don't know if you see a theme developing there, but sometimes we don't. (laughs) Yeah. But it was super cool because uh, the recent patent that they filed was described as a roller coaster with passenger compartment motion powered through stored onboard energy. What does that mean? It's powered by gravity. That's what that means. Means (laughs) turny cars go fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How do you think they would implement this into the park? Well, looking at the diagrams uh, that I've seen and reading the information, uh, it's basically what they're trying to create here is the capability of having cars in a train on a roller coaster that they can turn from side to side, a la Haunted Mansion Doom Buggies, 
so they can point you toward what they want you to look at, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's an incredible kind of stepping stone into a new experience on a roller coaster, right? So like we've started to see more and more over the years that they're doing roller coasters with scenes. Yeah. You know, like kind of starting with Space Mountain and and Big Thunder Mountain, it's like you're kind of you've got things to look at on either side instead of just a track, right? Yeah. Uh and you know, today with things like the Tron Light Cycle coaster, um, you know, I imagine what they're creating with the Guardians of the Galaxy coaster in Epcot. There's a lot more to look at than just experiencing the ups and downs of a roller coaster and, you know, the fun physics involved in that. So the fact that they're coming up with ways to really enhance the show is it's exciting. And it makes me it just makes my mind go a million miles an hour guessing when and where they're going to implement this technology. I was reading Marvel themed area. <coughs> Marvel themed area. <laughs> I was trying to figure out like Gavin what you were mentioning totally spot on with those attractions and I was like okay they want us to move so I was thinking kind of like primeval world and yes. pirates mm-hmm. kind of a thing going on but I mean this is exciting. I sadly I don't think it's coming here. I think it's going to well, be going Shanghai. I would love to see it here. We'll see. I mean, where in Shanghai, though? Because here's the other thing. A lot of what I read is that, you know, Disney is really looking towards enhancing existing attractions. That's true. uh, A la Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. And so it really seemed to indicate that this technology is likely to be used for an existing coaster attraction somewhere. And so it got me thinking about, uh, you know, what attractions are out there in the Disney world that this that could benefit from this. You know, one of the major coaster changes is happening in Paris where they're going to transform the rock and roller coaster there to an Avengers roller coaster. You know, and I thought maybe that's a good place to implement this. You know, with the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy coaster in Epcot, I thought that's also another thing. You know, I don't know that it would have worked for like the Incredicoaster here. Like, yeah. maybe if they're going to go in and add more scenes to it, but really there's nothing to point you at, right? Yeah. In that. So, I mean, it, I feel like it has to be something where you're actually like racing through full scenes of things to be pointed at, you know? And in Shanghai, I don't see anything. I mean, the the light cycle coaster is meant to be like a straightforward race and you see things whizzing by, but you wouldn't want to point at anything. And I can't think of any other coaster type attraction where they would implement this. I just kicked myself because I totally forgot about Toontown. Poor Toontown. Yeah. We could be getting that then, maybe. Maybe. Toontown doesn't really seem like the place to do something like that, right? Because it's more children-oriented. Mm-hmm. I feel like this type of technology is catering more to the thrill-seekers that are going yep. to places like Six Flags or some of these other theme parks that have some of the heavier type of coasters, ah. which is something that Disney's lacking, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. I mean, we do have some of those e-ticket attractions, but... Space Mountain, Big Thunder, Incredicoaster are nothing compared to some of these more intense coasters that you see at places like Six Flags. Yeah. Right. And Six Flags has already implemented 
these types of technologies at their parks across you know the u.s and they're not on the scale of what this new patent is describing and the way that Mm -hmm. this is going to function but we've seen it with like x2 for instance the have have you guys ever ridden on x2 or any of these other coasters at six flags scares me which one is that (laughs) So X2 is the one that has the chairs that swivel back and forth. And so they turn 90 degrees. So when it's about to do the full straight drop down, the the seats pivot backwards and you're basically looking straight down. Nice. Yeah. And so whenever there's a bank in the coaster, the seats flip almost backwards and then they flip forward again. So they're almost turning you in the direction that the coaster is banking. The other coasters uh, also have similar technology where they're not necessarily coming off the track or spinning, but they're banking every time that there's a turn. Mm -hmm. So instead of being a rigid turn, it banks over and you can kind of feel the sway that's happening. Uh, One other one that they have actually spins 180 degrees, but it's not necessarily pointing you to any type of story. It's just part of the coaster that as it hits a turn it spins you in a direction then pivots you right back as it spins into another turn that's kind of like uh primeval world that melissa mentioned earlier where it reaches that section of the track and it kind of unlocks and then it becomes a spinning thing that happens and so it's it's cool that that we're going to get something like this but yeah i don't think it's going to be a toontown thing I'm wondering if we would see it here at California Adventure if they start building behind Guardians of the Galaxy in that old parking lot currently used by cast members because there is enough space to build another coaster there. And, you know, last year they started talking about uh, the Spider-Man attraction that they wanted to do. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. we know that we have something Spider-Man coming here. There was some talks about the technology in there where it swiveled a little bit and it had it was almost like a dark ride, but it was kind of a coaster, but we didn't have a lot of information on it. Maybe this will integrate into that existing technology and we'll get like some kind of indoor Spider-Man coaster. I thought the current rumors were that the Bugs Land Theater was going to be some sort of interactive Spider-Man Thing. I think that's going to be an Ant-Man show. I could be wrong. I mean, I could be wrong as well. I mean, again, that's why rumors are rumors, right? Because yeah. when Disney doesn't confirm it, we're just going off of what one person heard from their cousin, friends, brothers, <laughs> girlfriends, who knows neighbor, a guy. who knows a guy, who cleans <laughs> at the Radisson, who told a guy that works at uh, the Disneyland Hotel that that was possibly happening. Disney telephone. (laughs) Yeah, Disney telephone. So what started off as, yeah, they're expanding the park, turned into, we're getting a Spider-Man attraction by the 19th person. (laughs) Uh, That's hilarious. I like, though, that you're thinking big with the Marvel expansion or Stark Park, as I like to call it. Uh, (laughs) Which I am not opposed to. Okay, yeah. Let's, Let's go play with Captain Frisbee in Stark Park. Captain anyway, the, I like that you're thinking big <laughs> and and thinking about an indoor coaster attraction where this could be, you know, this new technology could be plugged in. That really excites me because I am 
totally envious of Epcot getting that Guardians of the Galaxy experience out there. Yeah. And, you know, I'm envious of them getting the Tron light cycle coaster. And it's high time that the Disneyland Resort got its own contemporary mega e-traction indoor themed roller coaster. Let's bring it on. Yeah! <laughs> Let's do it! <laughs> I would have it be a Black Panther attraction, personally. But I know you probably Ooh. want Iron Man. Ooh. Just because so of the color palette. technologies. We could mix technologies and have this cool new coaster, but also projection technology like they do for Pandora. And you're mm. going through Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> for it. <laughs> All right. When do we start building it? Uh, Maybe I'm we sure should finish designing it first. Already fast and furiously making plans. Wrong park, dude. Wrong park. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, if you guys have any ideas of how this uh, technology could be implemented, join the conversation over on the blog post for this episode, podcasters.com slash 229, or leave a comment on the Instagram or Facebook post. You can also send us a message on Twitter. Just search for podcasters on all of those social networks. We'll put up some pictures of what the patent currently looks like in the blog post for the episode, if you guys are curious, and a link to one of the articles that we checked out that talks about the new technology. So again, podcasters.com slash 229 to check that information out. So speaking of technology, guys, looks like Walt Disney World is going to be expanding their Going Green initiative. Yeah. You guys are aware that they have like a huge solar panel, not so hidden Mickey, right? Right. Right. So it looks like we're going to be getting more of that to power the parks. What do you guys think of the expansion initiative? And how do you think Disney can continue expanding on what they're doing? I think it's pretty awesome to see that we're going to see, to see its growth. I'm just pretty excited overall about it. I really am. Just to see the results and then see what else will be happening in like god knows how many years 5 10 15 years imagine like they end up getting all four parks and then they do our parks i mean that's just going on and on it's pretty rad i agree i think that it's it's really cool to see a company of this size make decisions like this because I mean, if you think about the Disney, just the Disney parks business, it's a huge industry and it is a huge uh, consumer of energy and a company that size making a decision like this to up their uh, solar panel usage and their renewable energy usage makes such a huge dent, you know, in the, the global issue of energy and, you know, um, you know, whatever carbon emissions and, and all of that stuff. So it actually makes a difference, you know, and this giant new solar farm that they're creating will generate enough power to give energy to something like 10,000 homes or something like that per mm -hmm. year. It's ridiculous the amount. And it's just sun shining on these magical science panels that yeah. create energy you know it's like we don't have to burn coal for electricity you know or really crappy dirty methods it's it's smart 
and I love that Disney is expanding, you know, their presence here. You know, obviously in Florida, they've got a lot of land uh, to utilize where they can much more easily plug this in. They've done it a little bit at the Disneyland Resort. You know, if you've ever looked at Google Images of the resort, um, one of the spots that stands out to me anyway is the show building for Radiator Springs Racers. Mm -hmm. And the entire roof of that building is basically solar panels. And, you know, that, that, that provides a lot of renewable energy right there. You know, that's the issue with Disneyland Resort is there's not a lot of land to work with. So it really is confined to rooftops and areas like that if they want to talk about solar. But, you know, what they're doing in Florida is uh, totally respectable and inspiring in a lot of ways. And it just goes along with a lot of the other topics we've mentioned on the show previously, you know, about uh, going away from plastic straws and plastic lids, uh, offering paper straws, things like that. Uh, that are really having a huge impact on the local environments where the Disney parks are. And, you know, I think we should all be on board for these changes because they are all 100% positive. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Uh, I think the fact that Disney's working so hard to reduce their carbon footprint is really something that more companies should be looking at. And for them to be one of the companies that's on the forefront of making these types of changes, like you said, with the straws and stuff like that, uh, that's that's very commendable. Uh, I think that if they begin to expand their initiative for solar panels, they can still do it over the other show buildings. They could do it over a certain parts of It's a Small World to maybe just help power individual attractions they could begin to store the energy into battery packs that could, you know, be used as like on peak days, right? Like Mm -hmm. in the summer, they charge the battery packs and at night they use the battery packs to power or they use it to heat up attractions where uh, it's, like here in California, I don't know if this is the way that it is in other states, but in California, we have different rates depending on the hour that you're running an AC when you're running a heater. And so if they offset that they're helping reduce our carbon footprint and they're they're essentially helping themselves monetarily because i think i read a report that just the the daily operating cost of running disneyland itself not even the other parks is 3.25 million dollars a day mm-hmm. and a lot of that money goes just into the electrical that's running every single light every single attraction not just on the actual park but everything behind the scenes as well so with the addition of galaxy's edge it's going to be curious to see if some of these new structures that we're seeing constructed right now are going to have solar panels or are going to have renewable energy that will help power that section of the park. And more importantly is as they begin to build out other things such as the parking structure, if the new hotel ever happens you know, in the future, if they're going to start investing in more of this renewable energy here in Anaheim. Yeah, I think uh, it's interesting, too, because, you know, since they only have the structures and the land that makes up, you know, the resort, which is kind of uh, completely enclosed by Anaheim, right? It's not like Florida where they've got miles and miles of open land that they can use. And, you know, you mentioned something like the roof of Small World. 
And I think one of the big reasons why, you know, the major solar presence at Disneyland Resort is at the very southern end is because of the fireworks. And I don't know that you could have anything in the small world area or anywhere really in Fantasyland or north of there with solar panels because they would fear damage from pyrotechnics, right? Yeah. But that leaves the whole other park. And like you said, the hotels, like, I mean, there's three giant rooftops at the Disneyland Hotel alone that, you know, could be a solar farm. And so, yeah, I think I think we'll see more of it. I think, you know, obviously the company is going in this direction and I think we'll see more implemented here along with the other parks around the world. You know, Bob Iger has, you know, talked about this and he's stated that he not only wants Disney to be admired for the product that they put out and the parks that they create, but he wants to be the Disney company to be admired just as a good citizen of the world, you know, uh, and a company that's recognized for trying to actually make the world a better place. And these kinds of steps are totally commendable and uh, exciting to see go into place. Cause like I said before, a company this size making a decision like this, it actually makes a dent. And it, that's a really difficult balance to strike, right? Because sure. you have to appease your stockholders because, after all, Disney is a business. They want to be profitable. They want to continue to be profitable. So when something like this comes up, sometimes really difficult decisions come up. And it's a really difficult line to kind of straddle because you want to keep making money, but you don't want to other things to to be sacrificed in the process now to speak on something that you said earlier if they got rid of pyro we talked about this last episode right the rumor Mm -hmm. was that with galaxy's edge coming maybe we're gonna have some drones we don't know we were just kind of blue skying as well right but what if they did go to some kind of drone show that would eliminate that fear And if maybe they came up with some kind of technology where they come up with ceramic solar panels where like the ceramic gets so hot during the day that underneath it is like some kind of battery where the facade of It's a Small World remains the same, but all of Small World is technically a giant solar panel. Mm -hmm. The heat that it's collecting stores the energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If there's ever a company that can pull off the R&D for something like that, it would be Disney. And it would not only change the Disney company, technology like that could change the world. Because when you look at what solar panels are now above houses, you see the big, ugly black panels on people's roof. And that's great. I'm so glad that a lot of people are taking that initiative. But it doesn't look nice. Right. It does look out of place in what the structure of the home looks like but if you were i mean i think there already are certain ceramic tiles that are kind of created in such a way that they act like a solar panel Mm -hmm. but i think that technology can be expanded on i am not intelligent enough to do this you know i'm an idea guy i'm a futurist but i don't know enough yet because I'm just going to invent these in the next year. I'm kidding. Um, But I don't know enough to create that type of technology, right? I'm not an engineer, but there's tons of people out there working on stuff like this. That would change the face of just how theme parks and houses in general are powered. Absolutely. 
Did you know that uh, the Disneyland Paris Resort actually taps into geothermal energy? I no. did not. Yeah, yeah. They so it's cool that the parks can utilize you know sources that are apropos to where they are. Like I don't know that there are geothermal sources for Disneyland, but the fact that it was available in Paris and they tapped into it is awesome. You know, I don't know that they get enough sunshine in uh, other parks like. I don't know how sunny Tokyo is, so I don't know how much solar would be a thing, but it seems like we've got, what, 355 days of sunshine in Southern California? Mm -hmm. So it's like the perfect place for solar. Uh, If they had a park in the Midwest, I'm sure they'd be using wind power. You know, where where I came from, I mean, wind farms were everywhere. And everywhere you looked were buildings being powered by, you know, wind energy. So I think it's cool that they're, you know, tapping into these things. And again, just kudos to Disney for these positive steps. Very cool. If you haven't seen the picture of the huge solar panel Mickey that's at Walt Disney World that already exists, head over to the blog post, podcasters.com slash 229. It's a sight to see. You can see this from the highway, uh, but Google Maps uh, shows an amazing photograph of this. Oh, and that that actually reminds me that I, I want to ask you guys. Yeah. Do you think the new giant solar farm that they're going to create is going to be another character or a bigger Mickey? Or, like, what do you guys think, if it's going to be anything, what it will be? Ooh, I would think another Mickey. I mean, yeah. maybe, like, a full body Mickey, like, with the whole, like... That would be cool. Arms and considering, legs and torso. Considering the light poles themselves have the Mickeys that you could see on the freeways. Right. That would be really mm-hmm. cool to see the whole full body. I think it'd be amazing. Yeah. I would say that it's just going to be a larger Mickey head, like the one that already exists. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to put together. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but I wouldn't put it past them if they build an entire Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't either. Uh, I, I think this one will be big enough to be seen from space. So it'd be cool to have a, a hidden Mickey on the Earth somewhere that you could see from space. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> super cool. <laughs> okay, so as you guys uh, probably heard earlier in the episode, we are recording this the day before Walk for Hope, which also happens to be the day that they are airing Mickey's 90th celebration. So we haven't seen that yet, but... Through the power of editing and through the time machines available to us today. I had a chance to sit down with Disney for two to review the show. How's it going, guys? What up? What's it's going, going on? swell. Oh, boy. <laughs> so Gavin and Melissa didn't get a chance to watch this, but because it did happen this week, we wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk about it since, you know, there's a lot of buzz around it on social media and everything overall thoughts guys two hours of mickey's 90th spectacular what did you guys think okay so before i sound like a hater (laughs) i would say i am a big disney fan so happy birthday mickey but i didn't really like the special interesting really why not because I thought, I mean, maybe it's because I'm a big Disney fan and I love Mickey. I wanted a more like a, this is your life, Mickey, at 90 years old. You oh, know, from yeah, start yeah. to to where he is now. You know, it was, 
I mean, it was a... You wanted a story. Yeah, I wanted to... The how Mickey came about, how... I mean, they kind of touched on it, like Kristen Bell's intro and her, you know, her speech about Mickey and everything. I was like, oh, if this is how the whole night is going to go, yeah. this is cool. But then it, <laughs> it took a left turn right after that. And I was like, oh, commercial. Okay, what's going to be uh, after this? And it was just... I don't know. I I wanted to enjoy it. I wanted to enjoy like my Sunday night, two hours of this. And I felt like I was a little cheated. I kind of felt like I was stuck on Small World for two hours. <laughs> That's harsh, dude. This was much more enjoyable than being stuck on It's a Small World for two hours. But was it, though? I, I really? think it was. was. It? I think it was. I don't know. I, th- I think I had such a different thing um it's one of those things where you know like if you're you go to a restaurant and you're expecting like this burger because you know how it tastes and you didn't get that it was just a disappointment you know yeah and i i enjoyed some of the performances not everything was bad um i enjoyed a lot of it but there was a lot of things i would have changed cool before we get into some of the things that we would have liked to see different aj what did you think of the overall special I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. My favorite part um, was the overall theme of how Mickey was able to incorporate himself into each performance and, yeah, in each culture, too, because there was a segment where he was, you know, visiting places around the world. And, yeah, I really liked that. 90 years. It's a big accomplishment. So, yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. You know, it's funny. I agree with both of you. You know, there was a lot of things about the special that I think I would have wanted to see differently. And a lot of it is similar to what you're saying, VJ. But overall, I thought it was a fun special. Uh, As I was watching it, I felt like it was kind of an anti-roast. You know, when you watch these roasts yeah. on, like, Comedy Central, they, they're they set up where the guest of honor is sitting on a chair and people come out. They talk about them. They crack some jokes. And there was a little bit of that in this special, like when Tony Hale came out, for instance, when Josh Gad came out. But it wasn't like a malicious joke. It wasn't a harsh joke like you would hear in a regular roast. And because right. there was all these musical performances, I felt like, like I said, it was kind of an anti-roast, right, of, of Mickey Mouse. And I thought that was super fun. It was written in a way that just, it made it feel more like, uh, almost like a variety show. Than like a oh, celebration. Yeah, I had that old school feel. That. feel. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, which wasn't necessarily bad, but overall, I did expect to see a little bit more of the history. Like, um, I, this is a good time to jump into like some of the things that we would have done different. Like, for instance, if I was in charge of breaking up how it was written, I would have probably made each segment like a decade in his life. Right. Started off like the first one, like all the performances right. are in black and white, for instance. And like every time that you would switch to or maybe even like the the is it five or six iconic different Mickeys that we have over the decades? It's five, right? Uh, something I have to look like if we go backwards, it's the... like the current Mickey. And then there's like uh, the Sorcerer Mickey. Then there, you know what I mean? There's like. Yeah. And then like Steamboat and the one before that. Right. And... There was like think... at least five different iconic Mickeys that we know as part of the generations. I would have broken it up that way so that it was a little bit more leveled out. And you got a little bit of history for every one or two decades you know what i mean and then sprinkled in some of the performances what would have been something that you changed aside from the whole not enough history thing that you were talking about 
I would love to have seen the different Mickey shorts from the beginning to how they are now at Disney Channel. You know oh, what I mean? yeah. Um, I would I would have loved that because there was so many that we've seen for, I mean, how many are there? But it would have been cool just to touch on some of the classics, you know, just to like a refresher course in a sense. Um, there, yeah, there's so many other things I would have changed, like, Again, maybe it's because I just wanted to learn more about Mickey, and I knew it was going to be this type of show, but yeah, I just, the, uh, sh the shorts would have been a great one. It was kind of weird to me also that uh, Mickey's birthday is on the 18th of November, and they had the special on the 4th when they could have had it on the 18th. Does that you, make sense too? You got to yeah. start it. I, I Early. Don't know. That was, maybe that was. You celebrate your birthday the whole month. After my birthday. It no. starts after. No, we start celebrating before. That's different. Oh. I usually celebrate after. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I mean, Disney's I mean, known for doing this, right? Month. I know. They do I this know. type that of stuff. Just... Like, we celebrated the 60th anniversary for two and a half years. Right. <laughs> it's a profit. Um, other things I would have changed. Uh, shoot. I, I wouldn't have performances just to have a performance. Like, it was kind of weird, like, when the Korean band, what is it? Uh, NCT, NCT 127. Yeah. Yeah. When they came out, I swear the audience was screaming louder for them than for Mickey Mouse. It felt oh. like it. Did you see yeah. that one part? There was Did like you see the one part during the performance? And yeah, it was insane. <laughs> they were all about no, but it. Did you see the girl that made that face? I don't know. If you okay, if you watch the performance again during the performance, there's these girls that are either screaming and this girl. I don't know why they edited this way, but it was funny. This one girl makes such a stink face, like Ugh, it's either her brain was gonna explode, or she, was it? Wait, it was during the performance, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she makes this face, and it was just like a lot of people actually posted it on Instagram. It was funny. Th that performance was cool. But it just didn't have anything for, you know, had had anything to do with Mickey Mouse besides Mickey dancing with them. Yeah. And then like Luis Fonsi, I like, why are you putting a new song for him, you know, on, during Mickey's birth? I don't, I don't know. Those are the two things that really bothered me um, as far as performances. Everybody else had a really great performance. Uh, Leslie, o Leslie Odom Jr. I thought his performance for... Uh, Wish Upon a Star yeah. was fantastic. That was, so that was good. very heartfelt. Uh, Megan Trainer's performance with her dad that was awesome. Oh, her um, dad that was so sweet. Yeah. Oh. The stories with Josh Gad and Tori Tori Kelly was cool. I, I, I was gonna know. say I liked that. I don't that know. was felt, one of it, my favorite parts. I mean, you love that Pocahontas song. I I like it too, but I don't know. It kind of felt forced with. Okay, now Mickey and Minnie are gonna dance, and okay. it's kind of like a whole new world. Okay, and... <laughs> I I gotta disagree, dude. It did not feel forced. It just felt super magical. The I think the undertone of the song, yes, it's a Pocahontas song, but I think the undertone of the song is that Mickey is full of life and he's vibrant, right? He's all these colors that we see. He's all these different versions from around the world. And I think that was the undertone of the song. But kind of seeing them dance around like ballroom style. Come on, dude. Even my heart melted. I was like, oh, my God. This dude, happening. I was, oh, my God. I, I'll, I'll admit I'm the first person <laughs> that gets teary-eyed with dumb commercials and, like, 
father and son moments in movies and I, I was just waiting for some magic i don't know it just it just didn't move me i kind of feel like i'm freaking simon cowell on this panel <laughs> right now yeah <laughs> or i'm randy jackson that's funny it's a little pitchy dog it was a little pitchy that's funny. i mean it was cool but it wasn't i don't know i thought they could have done more this is his 90th yeah. this is a big celebration it was just like a okay is this a warm-up to something better that's gonna come up i don't know but like I said, Leslie Odom Jr. killed it. Tori Kelly. I, th- I thought it was good, but I, I wanted something better. You're backpedaling. Um, what's her name <laughs> that's saying A Whole New World? Sophia Carson. Oh, yeah, no, I Sophia was... Carson sang Part of Your World. Oh, Part, oh, of, your part world. of Your World. Yeah. yeah. Um, she did. Look, I got to tell she you. She did a good job. She did a but... super good job with that song. And Jody Benson. I mean, that is a voice that's really difficult to follow when you're really singing that song. But... It was it was really good. I would have rather had Jody Benson. I know I understand that, but here's the deal: if if you're if you're bringing out all these Disney Channel stars, because Sophia Carson seems to be Disney's like it girl right New now, it girl. right for like no, I everything. Get it. So I I know they really want to market her, and a lot of the Disney Channel starlets that come out of these shows, she's one of the very few that has genuine talent. Okay, she's not auto-tuned. She's not forcing the singing the way that some of them are trained to do. Like Sabrina Carpenter is another one. These girls have genuine talent. And so the fact that they're using them for these types of events, that's cool. But yes, I agree. Why not have Jodie Benson do it? Maybe she didn't want to. But at the same time, if you kind of see the trend of what the show was, there was a part of me that almost felt like, This is kind of a passing of the torch because it almost like, why didn't you have Richard Sherman singing something, you know, like, why didn't you have these classic Disney stars that we know of celebrating Mickey Mouse the way that Walt would have celebrated Mickey Mouse? Like all of this was geared towards a generation that's going to grow up with Mickey for the next 30 to 40, 50 years. It wasn't for the classic fans. It was geared to everyone that's coming up for this next generation. That's what every performance was about. No, I I get it. I totally get what they were trying to do. I mean, I watched the whole thing. It's not like I just turned it off because I was like, ah, this sucks. But... (laughs) I mean, it, it's. I get that they're doing it for the next generation, but hello, the people that brought Mickey to where he is for the past nine yeah, years, yeah. we're part of that too. I mean, if they were going to bring in the first Mouseketeers, why didn't they bring in the the newest Mouseketeers? Yeah, you know what I mean? That's a good question. Or like, I was waiting for Brittany or Justin or Ryan Gosling or for any one of them to come out, you know, and say, I wanted to know what how Mickey touched some of these people. Josh Gads was really cool. Um, Kristen Bell's was really cool, but everybody else, I just felt like it was forced. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, okay, read cue card. Okay, cool. Bob Iger's was great. I loved his, yeah. you know, his tribute to Mickey. Um, I mean, like I said, I liked a lot of pieces, but there was a lot that I was like, okay, I'm going to go wash the dishes right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like how many times do we hear in these specials bare necessity? It's like, okay. oh my gosh, with American Idol, with this, with I was like, okay, I get it. I love the song, but okay, <laughs> I can wash the dishes right now. Nothing against Zach Brown. What is it? Zach, Zach Brown, Brown Band. Band, yeah. Like, I like him. No but joke. That is now my, like, one of my new favorite versions of Bare Necessities. <laughs> I love their performance. <laughs> it was a good performance, but I just wanted more out of the special. Yeah. So, 
That's that's me. Hate, hate it all you want. That was his <laughs> fifty cents. Yeah, that was like eighty-seven cents. Well, I'll okay. give you a dollar out of fifteen cents. I gave you a dollar out of diamond and nickel. That's what he did. <laughs> wow. AJ, what would you have wanted to see that wow. we didn't get a chance to see in this special? I really wanted Josh Groban to come out and sing a Disney song, and I had like the perfect song for him to sing. I can go the distance by Hercules. Yeah. He should have sang that song. Would have been amazing. Even though his song, his new one that he he wrote it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was it was beautiful and it was touching. But you know, classic Disney fan, yeah. I wanted I wanted a Disney song. Super surprised that he didn't do a Disney song too. I just I didn't I didn't understand that. Like when you were talking about the NCT one two seven performance that entire performance was for two reasons. They got some kind of money to mm-hmm. show off that band's very first English single and right. to show off Mickey's awesome dance moves. Because yeah. let's admit it, Mickey's got some moves. But See, hey. I would have watched more of that. More dancing, more playing the drums. More... Yeah, Mickey playing the drums. Yes. That was That was another one of my favorite parts. So good. That was so cool. <laughs> There was a line during one of the history uh, segments where uh, they said, oh, yeah. And then so they played Mickey Mouse's cartoon and overnight he was a a worldwide sensation. I was like, "Okay, look, I I get where you're going with this. But back in the olden times, it was very difficult for word to spread worldwide, especially overnight. There was no Instagram and Twitter. So... You're laying it on a little thick at this point, but I get what you're going with. And I, uh, you know, I did like the segment, but there was just certain lines that I just thought like, okay, that's, uh, let's take it back a notch. (laughs) Um, what was his, uh, what was his name? Uncle Jesse. That I thought that was cool when John Stamos came out and they, 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 what did they say? Um, they mentioned that he's a huge Disneyland fan. The 34 year. Like the 34 yeah, 35 year. 35 yeah. years of being a Disney fanatic or something like that. Yeah, his career um, or something. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Overall, I think it was a good special for what it was. Like I said, it felt really more like a variety show than anything else. I, I'm wondering if this was just kind of a fun show that they wanted to put on because they didn't have much more planned but they have something much bigger for the hundredth i don't know like the centennial birthday you know i know it's it's a pretty (laughs) big deal uh like you said when bob Iger came out i think there's a lot of ceos especially nowadays where they come out and they read a bunch of cue cards or teleprompters and you don't see the passion in their eyes. And Bob Iger is one of those people that when you see him talk about the company, like right. you just see the childlike joy in, in what he's saying and his face and his voice. You know, he's a true Disney fan through and through. So I really appreciated the fact that he kind of ended the whole thing and was the last one to wish Mickey a happy birthday before, you know, everyone else came out. Um, yeah, uh, overall, I think it was a good special. You know, uh, I'm I'm happy that I saw it. I hope they have something bigger planned. It was good. I enjoyed it, too. Would <laughs> I watch it again? Probably not, but I enjoyed it. I'm glad I watched it, you know? 
Yeah. I'll... I was psyched. I was like, hey, Mickey's 90th. Let's watch. <laughs> let's, let's we eat have some... it recorded <laughs> if you want to watch it again. <laughs> let's eat some Oreos while we're at it, too. The Mickey Oreos. <laughs> All four of them for the 400 calories. Oh, man. Uh, Don't remind me. I know I'm going to watch it again because I saw it without the kids because I wanted to make sure that I was able to watch it and take a couple of notes since I knew that we were going to be talking about it. Mm -hmm. But if you didn't get a chance to watch it, I know that there's a lot of cable carriers out there that are putting it up on demand. So if you have like a company like Spectrum Cable or DirecTV, uh, you can check their directories for what they have on demand so that you can try to watch the special. If you have a service like Hulu, for instance, you can check to see if it's in the ABC section. I'm certain that once Disney streaming service comes up, this will be one of the things that you can stream as part of the service. I think it's a big enough deal that they would want to have it up for people to watch uh, as well. Uh, but if you guys had any thoughts on Mickey's 90th spectacular celebration birthday spectacle on ABC for two hours evening time on a Sunday, uh, let us know what you guys thought. Join the conversation over on Instagram, Facebook, or on Twitter. Shoot us a message and tell us what you guys thought about the special itself. Let us know what your favorite performance was and what you would have changed if you had an opportunity to say, hey, next time you do this, Disney, put a little bit more of this into the special because we like this. <laughs> and get us more cake because cake rules. And maybe a Dole Whip. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> or Mickey Premium Bar since we're celebrating Mickey. Now we're getting mm. greedy. Well, it just goes hand in hand. Being or glove and gloves. Mickey oh. being oh. oh. Yeah, anything Mickey shaped. All right. Mickey waffles for breakfast <gasps> Mickey first. Mickey waffles. Then, uh... <laughs> Mickey masubis. Mm. We can eat Mickey everything for the rest of the day. There you go. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, <laughs> we are going to jump back into the rest of the podcast so we can close up. So, AJ and VJ, thank you for joining me for this little segment as we reviewed Mickey's 90th Spectacular. Of Thanks course. Thanks for having us. Of course. We'll be back in an upcoming episode soon. Real soon. Real soon. See you real soon. So hopefully you all had a chance to enjoy Mickey's 90th Celebration. Um, I think most carriers, if you have cable or satellite, are going to have it on demand. Uh, if they don't, I'm sure that or at least I hope, something like Hulu has it so you can watch it the next day. And if not, maybe the Disney streaming service will have it next year. Hooray! <laughs> 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 okay, so for the last thing that we wanted to talk about in this episode, uh, this is actually not new news. This came up new news. That's so weird. Uh, <laughs> this actually came up several weeks ago, but... Considering that Ralph Breaks the Internet is going to be out in theaters very, very soon, uh, we did want to touch on this and we wanted to discuss it a little bit. And that was the fact that Princess Tiana was reanimated for the final cut of Ralph Breaks the Internet. And the reason that that happened was because in one of the stills that was released to promote the film, she was changed. Like some of the facial features and some of uh, what basically makes Tiana Tiana was changed. And so, so her hair was changed, her nose was changed, and it sparked a little bit of a controversy because people were not happy about how they were going to portray her in this upcoming film. Melissa, let's start with you. Uh, what was your thought when you heard the news and 
you know, now that you've had a chance to to read into it a little bit more, uh, how do you feel about the entire situation? At first, when I had seen her, I was a little disappointed because she is one of my favorite princesses. She didn't look like herself at all. And to hear that they were going to uh, reanimate her, that was, you know, that made me happy because it just gives her true character self. I would love to be able to recognize her. I didn't recognize her the first time as well. So that kind of threw me off. I was like, wait a minute. who's?" I was like, who's this? You know, because I got to pinpoint everybody else except for her. So um, thank you, Disney, for listening and helping us out and giving us the Tiana that we know and love. Yeah. Gavin, what about you? You know, this is an interesting uh, scenario here. Uh, artistically, you know, when I first saw the images of these Disney princesses uh, from teasers and trailers and still images, it was clear to me that they're kind of creating a new look for all of these characters to be within this movie, right? Like, to me, none of them look like their original characters. Like, they're a super stylized almost merchandise version that exists on this one website in this one fictional version of the internet. And so the fact that they're kind of removed from, you know, that on model uh, character that we think of, you know, in, you know, artwork subsequent to the movies, uh, it all just kind of made sense to me. Now I understand and I totally get the idea behind the criticisms that came up about uh, the Tiana character, uh, because I do feel like she was further afield than the rest of them. You know, the, the skin tone was definitely different that, you know, I didn't notice it at first, but when it's, once it was pointed, pointed out to me, yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, and so, yeah, kudos to them. You know, they, the animators actually consulted with Anika and an organization called the Colors of Change, which is kind of an advisory board for such things, you know. Um, and, you know, they they talked to them and they made some tweaks and kind of got their approval and have moved forward. And I, I think that's commendable. On the outset, though, I don't necessarily feel like they did a bad thing. I think they just kind of, you know, made a mistake, so to speak. And... Like I said, I feel like these are like hyper stylized, almost caricatures of what the original characters were. Mm -hmm. And so they're they're all so far removed for me that it didn't make as much of an impact. I feel like it's tough for Tiana because she spends 90% of the movie as a frog. And so we don't have a lot of really instantly identifiable, recognizable things when she's in her human form, like we do with the other characters. Like you can do a Disney bound of Ariel, like just her three colors, and you know exactly who that is, you know? You do a Disney bound of Tiana's colors, and it's like, uh, it's not as, you know, like it could almost be Tinkerbell. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like yeah. there's there's so many layers to this problem of, you know, who's that princess in this case that, I mean, it's no wonder that they came under some criticism for it. So it's weird. This is a very convoluted issue, but I'm glad they listened to the fans and, you know, made a course correction. And it seems to all be good now, right? Yeah. At least that's what we're hoping. 
Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't until I went back and I started looking at some of the images that I understood what you were talking about, about that super stylized look, because the difference between the classic princess group and these current princesses are that Elsa, for instance, who is a queen, not a princess, I get that, but Anna, Punzi, Moana, um, Merida, these are all 3D models that already existed in the Disney archive. So there mm-hmm. was already a 3D reference point for them. And even they have this pastel-y, plasticky looking face like um, um, Vanellope does. You know, because Vanellope's skin doesn't look like it was actual skin like Anna and Elsa kind of look like. Hers looks like it's a plastic doll. You know, yeah. because she's coming from a video game. And they all had that, like, plasticky look to them. So I, I totally get what you're saying. I think they were pointing to create these, like, a, a toy line or a doll line coming from Ralph Breaks the Internet of these brand new 3D princess versions. But I think what bothered most people, and I when I look back on it, I... I totally understand why is that in the original look and the original trailer that we got for ralph breaks the internet tiana looked completely different you know her hair was up in a bun her eye shape was different her nose was a little bit larger her lips were a little bit larger and in this new version uh her hair was all frizzed out her eyes were like an oblongy shape and like her mouth was much smaller so she like her face was you know, created to look more like the classic Disney princess style that we've seen in the past. So I would understand why this controversy began. But like you said, uh, good on Disney for going back and making these corrections. We don't know, obviously, behind the scenes if this was uh, something that they decided, hey, let's let's change it to look like this, or if that was the interpretation of a new animator. You know, maybe the the model was handed off to a different person and they animated it differently. Considering that we had our first look at the princesses in the first trailer in their actual outfits, you know, when they were taking all the selfie pictures with Vanellope, and now we were seeing them in this, like, slumber party type mode, I, I think their interpretation of what women or girls do at a slumber party, you know, made it look like, well, this is how they have their hair and this is, you know, how they act. And Twitter was very quick to react to this and say, that's not what I look like when I'm at home relaxing. You know, so there was a lot of pushback on Twitter. Uh, There was a lot of people speaking out. When something like this happens, it's really easy to say, oh, this company folded under pressure. But in this situation, I don't see it as them folding under pressure. I see them as correcting something that they acknowledge they did wrong, Mm -hmm. which is something a lot of companies don't do nowadays. And so the fact that they said, you know what? Yes, we screwed up. We're sorry about this. Let us correct it. And they went back and they reanimated an entire scene for a movie that's about to come out. You know, good Mm -hmm. on them. I really like the fact that they took that step. So some of you might remember that some episodes ago we talked about having a meetup for Ralph Breaks the Internet. Because of work schedules, it's going to be a little dicey trying to get all of us together for like an official, official meetup. So because of that, well, that and the fact that it's also Thanksgiving week. And a lot of people are going to be out of town and some people are going to be with families. 
So it's going to be really tough to do a meetup for Ralph Breaks the Internet. And we've seen in the past that the longer we wait to do a meetup, more people have already seen it. So they won't go watch it with us. Some of us won't know what our work schedules are like until early that week. So keep an eye out on our social media, especially Instagram, our Instagram stories. We're going to get together to watch Ralph Breaks the Internet. And if you would like to join us and would like to just hang out with us after, have a drink, have a bite to eat, you're more than welcome to do so. We're not going to call this an official meetup, again, just because the logistics aren't going to really work out for all of us. Um, but when we get together, we'll shoot it out on, on Instagram, put uh, post it on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, and then you guys are welcome to come over, hang out with us. We'd love to meet you if we've never met you before, hang out, have a bite, have a drink, and just discuss the film. So uh, keep an eye out on social media for that information. Also, if you guys want to join the conversation about this Tiana story, uh, leave us a comment over on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the situation. What did you think when you saw the original photograph? And what did you think when, you know, Disney made the announcement that they were going to go back and reanimate Tiana? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, if you guys leave a comment, we could read it on a future episode. So head on over and join that conversation with us. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Sure. It's cool. It's early enough that I think we can still head out to the park if I can finish all my editing in time because tomorrow's the walk. Got to get got to get to bed early. So, you know, 1 a.m. sounds about right <laughs> for me. But hey, Ty, we're going to take a – doesn't daylight uh, – daylight – well, God, I can't talk. It's that early. Yeah, we get an extra hour, right? Yes. That's what yeah, I meant. Like saving ends. <laughs> oh yeah. I I don't. I know people say like, oh, we're gaining an hour because we're falling back. It's like you're really not because things still end and start at the same time, and your body's just like, what's going on? You're not a farmer. Stop doing this. <laughs> so you know, it's an archaic practice that I think no longer needs to happen. I know that there's a lot of regions and a lot of just there's been a lot of legislation about changing that and california is one of the only places that's still holding back on that so get on it california it's time to end daylight savings time yeah so there's my i just want a regular sleep schedule (laughs) that's what i'm saying they don't understand i mean there's tons of studies about how not only do people get into accidents, like people are less productive, children's sleep cycles, and their mind goes all berserk every time this happens. And I don't know. I could rant about it a, a lot. <laughs> we don't. We just don't need it anymore. Just don't. Just stop it, California. Just stop it already. <laughs> all right. So before we wrap up the episode, we just want to remind you that this episode of Pocketeers is brought to you by our fairy godparents, or as they like to call themselves, the FGP Squad. If you would like a little bit more information about how you can become a fairy godparent of our podcast, you can head on over to Pocketeers.com FGP. But Hazen, what is the FGP Squad? That's a great question, listener. 
The FGP Squad are listeners just like you that help us out with a monthly contribution via Patreon. For as little as $1, you can become part of the FGP Squad as well. But for a contribution of at least $5 monthly, you also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button as a thank you for your support. Plus, we have some other stuff in the works that's going to be activating very soon. So thank you guys for all your contributions. And if you're considering becoming a part of the FGP Squad, again, more information is available at Podcateers slash fgp if you shop on amazon a great way to help out the podcast is by heading over to podcasters.com slash amazon before your next purchase why gavin because <laughs> yeah that's right and if that wasn't enough for you why melissa because yeah that's why. <laughs> so head on over to podcasters.com slash amazon and take a look for yourself because <laughs> that's the name of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys want to follow us on any of the social networks, head on over to podcateers.com slash team. You can find uh, the social networks for podcateers there, which is just podcateers on every social network, including Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. That's P O D K E T. Double E-R-S. I don't have a song for my social links, but at Pocketeers.com slash team, you'll find them. All of my personal Gavin, Melissa, and Disney for twos as well. That's good enough. (laughs) I'll go with that one. (laughs) So if you want to connect with us, head on over there for all of our links. And that's going to wrap it up, guys. It's time for lunch, and it's time to continue editing before tomorrow's walk. So, until next week, here is to beers, cheers, and make ears. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye, everyone. Major look.